So, so we went to go see Tolkien, and the last thing you want to do is you you don't want to be coughing in a movie theater, especially when this virus is just ramping up, right? Like it's totally ramping up, and you're just you're in the movie theater. And I was just like, so I got a bunch of cough drops and I was just like pounding cough drops through this whole movie. And one time during the movie, I had to step out and get some uh, extra cough drops. And then I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to miss more of this movie, <laughs> you know? So I, I pounded some cough drops, got back in the, the got back in the theater with Anne and we finished the movie, but it was great. It's a great movie. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Hello, Ted. It is episode 205, and I hear that you have a PSA <laughs> telling people about how most accidents happen in the home. Most accidents happen in the home. And and didn't want me to talk about it. I'm like, have you heard our podcast? We this is what we talk about. This is like this is the red meat of Trailer Junkies podcast. This is what people tune in for <laughs> to hear what happened to Ted this week. So, <laughs> so last night, I'm I'm getting uh, you know it's you and I we're gonna record at nine o'clock, right? And it's nine Friday Friday night nine o two. And it's like, oh, it's, it's past nine. We're just gonna record at nine. I'm like, oh, you're right. Let me go get my beer glass. So, it's 9.02. <laughs> so I'm two minutes late. I'm, you know, I, you know, you and I, you, you're, you'll forgive me five minutes if I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, whatever. Oh, I've forgiven you like 45 <laughs> minutes. What are you talking about? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not running to the kitchen, but I don't turn on the lights to go in the kitchen. I, I step into the kitchen, like two steps away from where I keep the beer glasses and the floor <laughs> is a big puddle. Oh boy. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize it. And my legs almost cartoon like slip out from under me and I land on my back. Oh, like you're just like from you're you're like vertical. You literally go horizontal and crash. I go horizontal midair, uh, wily coyote style. And I fall exactly. straight to the ground from, from oh. three feet up in the air, you know, and you're not a light man. So that must hurt. <laughs> no, I, you know, I tucked properly. So I think, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of instincts that people have that yeah. I think if you play football, you didn't hit your head though. See, this is the thing. I think if you play football and you you know, football, you fall a lot, you know, I think there's instinctual things that you learn about falling. Like the people that, and I don't know, I'm sure a lot, I hear a lot of people break their wrists and stuff from falling. A lot of people hit their head, but you just know instinctually when you're falling, you arch your back, tuck your head up. Don't put your hands down. That's that's like the last thing you want to do. <laughs> no, you put your hands down. That's a collarbone broke br uh, break right there. That's the collarbone, wrists, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you don't brace yourself with your arms. That's that's a losing that's a losing battle. So I just brace myself with the small of my back, my bottom. You know, like the padded areas of your body. And and I and I hit the wood floor with with a with a splat because there's water all over the place. You know, I just start soaking up the water, and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I had watched uh, Final Destination earlier in the day yesterday <laughs> while I was at work. I just had it playing in the background, you know, and I'm like, this is how the first two people die. The first two people will die in slip falls, <laughs> one slip fall in the bathroom, one slip fall in the, in the kitchen. So I just I know that when you slip and fall, 
the the worst thing you can do is get up right away. <laughs> so I'm just laying there, you know, and then the whole the whole family comes over and they're like, what's going on? And I look over at the fridge. They turn the lights on. And, you know, that little vent at the bottom of your refrigerator, it's just oh, yeah. pouring water. Water's just pouring out of it. So you have a hardwood floor in there, right? Hardwood floor. The hardwood floor. Any damage to the floor? It's buckling right now. But we think oh, we man. think that it'll dry. Put fans on it. Yeah, it'll dry out. You know, you know, it's it's a little wet in the valley right now because of the hurricane uh, rain that's come up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it'll dry out and have no no concerns about that. I just told the kids, I'm like, you got to step lightly <laughs> in the kitchen. You know, don't drag your feet. And I guess Audrey forgot, and she was like sliding risky business style across the across the kitchen floor. And I'm like, I saw you sliding. Oh, of course, your sock's gonna get caught on the the edge of the wood there. You know, just as if you don't damage it while it's bloated, it'll it'll settle down and it'll 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 it'll, it'll go back for yeah. the most part. But while it's bloated, right. you can't catch the edges. And it was like, oh, we need to tape it down. We need no, just give it time. Just walk briskly over it. Just needs to get yeah. dry. That's all. But yeah. needless to say, the biggest part was I did catch my toe on the bottom of a cabinet or stub it somehow in the most violent way, as you can imagine from the des- description of the fall. Sure. And the toenail, my 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 left toenail, uh, went perpendicular to the toe, the same way I went perpendicular to the oh, ground. <laughs> so the toenail was facing like sideways. It was going straight up. So from the toe bed, it was completely lifted. Oh, oh, oh it was that completely way. Lifted up. Oh God! Like yeah, off the completely bed. Completely like pulled back. Oh God! Uh, and and uh. completely lifted. And the only thing holding it was the was the root. And so I oh. went to the ER. Went to ER last night, and I was like, way too many sick people to the ER. So did you take it off, or did you just like tape it? What you do? I just taped it down. I said, let's go get some gauze and some. You know, we'll just irrigate oh, it and God. get some gauze on it. And Anne's just like, we got to get to urgent care. We got to do something. I'm like, you know, I, I stand in the line of like five sick people, four babies, two two other people hacking up lungs. You know, they, and you're like, I'm out of here. Everybody, everybody has the mask on, but they take their mask off to cough and <laughs> and to, and to Wait, vomit what? into the into bags and stuff. Oh man, like, like we're I'm leaving. Like, there is we're nothing leaving. that my toe can you know can get done for it tonight that can't be done tomorrow or even Monday. Um, but she was very, very concerned. So we got to CVS. We re-irrigated it well. It stopped bleeding. And then we, we taped. Oh, it was bleeding and stuff, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, the toe bed's very bloody. bloody yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we wrapped it up. Yeah, it was fine. And then she found like a, a morning uh, uh, urgent care visit. So I spent the whole day in urgent care and x-rays, x-ray negative, no breaks. Oh, man. Good, good. Um, but they were like, yeah, I think we should take the nail, you know. And I said, okay, let's do it. And it's like, this. There, there's a reason that this, this is a torture <laughs> device, you know what I mean? It's not. Did they localize it at all or did they just. They localized it, but she's like, yeah, you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll numb it up, but you'll still feel it. It's still going to. And I'm like, yeah, let's just. Let's just do it as fast as you can. And she goes, well, on, you know, whenever you're ready. I'm like, I'm never going to be ready. Just take it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to know what it's happening. Do they just like pliers and rip it off or what they do? Yeah, yeah. No, it was so funny. She goes, she, the the other nurse gave some pliers. And this is like, a, what do you call it? A NP, a nurse practitioner. So so she was yeah, the one yeah, doing yeah. the procedure. 
and she comes in and looks at the pliers and she goes, Ooh, I actually have special pliers for this. And then she runs to the other room and she has got her got her other other pliers that she likes even better. It's like me working on bikes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Oh, I have a special uh yes yeah, socket. I got a special chain tool for this. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, I think you need an anti-inflammatory before you continue the story here. Let's go for that. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. And this is an Anchorage Brewing Company uh, beer. Oh, okay. We haven't had one of those in a long time, if ever. I know, right? And look, it looks kind of scary. Look, it's like a deer with antlers coming out of its eyes. It's like a crazy looking toenail. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called defense defense and it's a triple ipa okay now here here's the thing that here's the thing that really got me i gotta hold hold it at proper okay. viewing distance for triple that's gotta be like a 10 percenter or so exactly 10 percent on the nose you got it brewed with citra incognito okay i know what that is fermented with omega yeast cosmic punch yeast do you know what those are omega yeast cosmic i don't I have no idea cosmic punch yeast and then it says with phantasm phantasm powder citra nelson suvon and sabro hops have you have you heard of those hops yeah i've heard of the hops i don't know what yeah, the right? powder is <laughs> or something unless they powdered up their hops or something like they they had just hop pellets and powdered i don't know that's weird tell me yours well when you're pouring that i have uh you've had bear you've heard of bear bottle yeah. brewing even though it's bear bottle in a can <laughs> everybody's doing their bottles in cans <laughs> yeah it's like poor man's bottles uh it's ipl is dead so this is a lager an india pale lager oh nice i figured it's been so hot lately i didn't want a stout or anything i mean those are like winter beers you know and yeah so this is ipl is dead double dry hopped pilsner okay so it's like a super hoppy pilsner i don't know and i thought you know what pilsners and it's 5.8 that sounds like fun but pilsners are great when it's like you know super hot and you want like that crisp beer to help quench the thirst and it's been so it's right now though outside it's very beautiful it's uh 60 degrees <laughs> it's at 72 but man it's it's been so hot so oh wow man it smells like a ipa we were going to go on a ride with Frank because he wanted to go on a ride and we were going to go to Halama Beach. Yeah. And this is on Monday, Labor Day. So we get on the bikes, you know, and we got a little bit of a late start and we get out. We go. We start riding. Morning's beautiful. We hit Halama Road going out to the beach. All of a sudden, man, look at my Garmin. Ugh. Frank's dying up this one hill. 101. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, man, well, my buddy Jared lives like a mile from where this hill was. Hill wasn't big, but it doesn't matter. He was like a mile from the hill. So I said, well, let's stop at Jared's house. Does he have a bike rack? <laughs> well, so Frank's like, no, 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 I don't need help. Oh, no, <laughs> I can do it. He's playing I that card. It. I'm like, Frank, I don't care. Right. I need help. It's 101. Like, it's it's freaking hot. It's 101. By the time we get to the beach and we go over the climb, we come back over the like, no way, man. So let's so we stop at Jared's house and we're talking. His wife brings out like big pitcher of ice water and like the freezy otter pop type things. Nice, nice. You know, and she brings out like the popsicles and we're sitting there sucking on those. And and then finally, I'm like, you know, I'll tell you what, you guys have your bike rack. How about we throw the bikes on? You drive us home, but but bring the family. We'll all c come over for lunch. Yeah. 
Right, right, right. So she's like, ah, oh, can't, we can't. We got this, that, the other thing going on and stuff. So anyway, Jared, like, we pack up the bikes. He drives us home and drops us off. And uh, so, you know, couldn't be more thankful for that because, like, save. We were only 12 miles into the ride. It's like it, it goes from, like, pleasant to 101 and, like, yeah. bo- poof, you know. Needless to say, we didn't nearly finish the ride. I mean, it was 101 by 10 in the morning. Ugh. But you had a pretty good Labor Day, I think, right? The in-laws up and just hanging out, taking taking it easy. Yeah, they got here Saturday. We barbecued ribs Saturday night, ribs and other stuff. That's right. It was Barbara's birthday, so had a chocolate mousse cake that was extremely good. Ice cream, the whole nine. And then Sunday, barbecued a tri-tip. Oh, nice. Uh, or no, Sunday was her birthday. I'm sorry. And that's when we had the cake. But yeah, we we barbecued a tri-tip, more good food. Yeah, you know, and I have the fire pit in the backyard that we cook over and stuff and with the oak and everything. It's awesome, you know. And So yeah, overall good weekend. And then, uh, yeah, they left Monday after lunch once we finished up getting back and everything and... Uh, and yeah, that's been about the week. I mean, you know, kind of a short week this week. Well, long, long weekend. <laughs> long yeah. Weekend. As recording goes, same time frame, but work wise and holiday and stuff made it for a short, quick week. So and here we are. Yeah. Well, I think we had talked about we were going to we were going to San Francisco to Miller and Lux. And I and I was able to give you the play by play of that. Did you? <laughs> How about before we get into that? Oh, yeah. Tasting, tasting notes on the beer. beer. Otherwise, we're going to forget. I know we always forget the tasting notes. So this beer is, again, you know, Citra hops with the Citra, Citra, Citra. Yeah, it looks it, it looks like it. It's it's basically looks like, it looks lemonade. like lemonade. It tastes like orange juice. It is a 10 percenter that is just an, a, an, a dangerous 10 percenter. You could you could have a, a four pack of these. Oh, it's dangerous. Oh, man. Yeah, I would say the IPL is dead. Uh-huh. Double dry hop Pilsner. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it tastes nothing like a Pilsner. Everything like an IPA. <laughs> so you're saying it's a perfect Pilsner for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing is so hopped up. I mean, it, it's insane how hoppy this is. Uh, you don't get that lager flavor, you know, that you get from like a right. Coors or a Budweiser or any other kind of, uh, you know, a, a Stella, you know, that like lagers yeah. have that distinct flavor to them. I'm trying to think the last, I guess in, I guess, uh, Egypt was the last time I had a lager and I didn't even have like a whole one. I just had half <laughs> my father lost one, but yeah, no, I mean, it was yeah crazy. I really don't. I really just steer clear of lagers. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and this is nothing like it. It's, I mean, it's literally an IPA, even though it's a lager. Well, that IPL, that's the. I guess that's the only kind of lager I would like are IPLs. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, man. So you were in San Francisco. Back to SF. Yes. No. Um, so we had a great food weekend. I saw, man, it like. I was so hungry looking at the pictures. (laughs) But it was funny because we get there on Saturday and we're trying to go to Swan Oyster, kind of a this old school spot. And, you know, we're standing in line. We're standing in line for like an hour to get in to get in. The kids don't want to go there. You know, they don't really care about oysters. They don't really eat oysters. Audrey tries it. Is it like just an oyster bar or is this like an actual restaurant? It's an oyster bar and a bit of a seafood restaurant. It's just one of the old staples. It's like super old school in San Francisco. So we got a parking spot right across the street. Pretty prime parking. Uh, So the kids were able to camp in the Tesla (laughs) and we were standing in line 
And while we're standing in line, we're like, you know, it's already a little past when they were supposedly closing. They they said, we'd get everybody in line, but it's going to take hours, right? So we stay there for about an hour, just shy of an hour. Uh. And the whole time, Anne's just looking up Eater SF. So Eater SF, Eater San Francisco is a good website that we go to a lot to just kind of get some ideas and see some things. And there was this place called One Market. And One Market's like an address, and it's kind of like a, a downtown San Francisco building that's like an office building kind of thing. But One Market is also a deli and a restaurant. And it's kind of like an old school restaurant. And I looked at the rest. I looked at the menu. Like on the ground floor or something? The or? ground floor. Yeah. Ground floor of like an office building. Yeah. Yeah. I look at the menu and I kind of share the menu with the family. And they're like, okay, we can do that for dinner. And so we make a reservation and makes a reservation. And we head over there for five o'clock. We kind of just abandon the line. We're like, <laughs> we're like, we're getting out of here. And it's so funny. The locals walking by a Swan Oyster, they're just annoyed that these that people are standing in line and like blocking their path from walking down the street. <laughs> and they're, they're like, you know, they're like, by what facial expressions? How do you, how do you tell? Well, you tell because when they mumble under their breath, it's not that great. Or take up all the whole sidewalk, why don't you? And I was like, there's one lady who's kind of just like hanging out in the middle trying to peek around the corner. The rest of us are hugging the wall trying to stay, you know, out of the way of locals and and some of the homeless that are yelling at us. And, you know, it's just this one lady. So after a lot of like negative vibes from just people walking by, I'm like, yeah, let's just jet, (laughs) you know. But we go to one market and it was amazing. It was just like... (laughs) You look at the menu, and I guess I, I was told I was looking at the lunch menu, and the place is top quality, amazing prime rib. Audrey had the prime rib that night. Beautiful oysters again, you know. Like I guess I'm quite the oyster guy. I had a ton, had had a half a dozen oysters myself. Some great deviled eggs. There you go. Um, and then we, you know, split a bunch of stuff. It was it was amazing. But that wasn't the crown, the crowning piece of the weekend. The crowning piece was definitely. Um, Tyler Florence's restaurant Million Lux and we're in there and it was it was an epic evening of of dining <laughs> you know they had carts uh side table uh table side Caesar prepared uh lovingly with uh tweezered ancho- anchovies that are placed on each each person's thing each person's plate oh wow and I looked at the kitchen and um and I said uh Manuel the what is, why is the dishwasher <laughs> in the middle of the kitchen so so uh, so uh, prominent? Oh, that's that picture of yeah yeah the it's waterfall. A, it's a, and he goes, oh no, that's the oyster oshery. Yeah yeah. I was like, oh oyster oshery, what's that? He goes, yeah, we we only have one kind of oyster that we offer at a time, and when we harvest the oysters, we get the salination of the water and the temperature of the water from where they're harvested. And those oysters don't even realize that they've been moved. Yeah. Because the running water is running over them and it's at the same salination, the same temperature as their home water. And I was just like, I was just taken by this, this, this device. I love how you took a picture. I love the picture you send though. Like you're getting a picture (laughs) with this thing. You know, and it and all it it looks like a wine right, right. cooler, like a wine fridge with like a water feature, with water, water feature, wine fridge. Yeah, I'm like, what is he taking pictures of? Like, you know, water feature wine fridge or something? You know. But I will say those are the best oysters I've ever had in my life. So, so Gwen, expensive, I bet. Yeah, you know, I don't even. 
yeah. Or not too bad, considering. Well, considering. It, comparative to the rest of the meal, not so expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but let's say, let's go through, like, we had Gwen's last month uh, for for our, our true anniversary, and this kind of caps our anniversary month. <laughs> we celebrated our 20th anniversary for a whole month kind of thing. But it was, it, so last last month well, on, the, on the actual anniversary, we had uh, Gwen's, which is the Wagyu beef that is 100% Japanese. And that was the best steak I've ever had, the best filet I've ever had. And then this, this at Miller and Lux, we had the aged tomahawk steak, which was, was, was amazing. And that was better than the Wagyu. I let Bryce get the Wagyu. The filet mignon, little six ounce wagyu, and I was like, "Just save me some, just save me some." And I was talking to the servers and talking to the people, and and Bryce offered me offered me the steak halfway through, and I was waving him off because I was talking to other people, right? Like, don't interrupt me while I'm talking to these, you know, other people. And he wound up eating it all, and he was eating it. And as I saw, I was still talking, and as I saw him, I'm like, "All right, stop now!" <laughs> like, and so I grabbed the last couple bites just to make sure I got some of that because. Definitely wanted to try that and compare it. And it's Wagyu, but it's Wagyu that's then bred with steer from Australia. So it's kind of like a, a 50-50. They don't, it's not a full bread. It's Oh, okay. Uh, I talked I talked to somebody, it was like an A1. Those darn Australians. Yeah. So it is definitely a higher cut of beef, but I think the aged tomahawk was was uh was so so well aged and and had just a higher complexity to the taste of a steak you know like the crust on an aged steak is just amazing so that was that was it and then the oysters were the best oysters I've ever had in my life so wow you know <laughs> take that and then if they have he has a signature thing called uh, caviar donuts where it's kind of like a ball puff pastry and they kind of inject it with caviar and caviar comes out the top and that's an amazing you know mousse bouche too and the oysters are actually prepared with a creme fraiche underneath and then a little garnish and some some uh, caviar in that as well so it's really, it's really like a there you go a much, much more. Was it really hot in SF? It was in it was around ninety. So yeah, hot for San Francisco. Okay, it was hot there too. Then yeah, because usually it's pretty cool there, uh, much like here. We were hoping that it was going to cool off. At, at night it cooled off a little bit, so that was nice. And we were down closer to the wharf, so we walked we walked to market uh, to Market Street, which is near the right near the the farmers market or the the yeah the wharf. Yeah, I love San Francisco, man. It's a cool town. You know, it's you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, how should I put it, socioeconomic stratification these days. <laughs> Multimillionaires next to the homeless and stuff, you know, and it's insane right now. But yeah, I mean, hopefully they can figure out how to solve those problems. Problems yeah. if ever but yeah san francisco is a cool town yeah that no, was great so i'm glad you had a good time all right yeah so we have one trailer this week well i guess so i i will say so i oh wait you got more you got more no 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 i i i, I have one trailer and the trailer's not a disney trailer but i will say that next week i'm gonna sift through so this week is d23 by the time people listen to this, right. it'll be last week. I saw that. D23 is gonna is having so many trailers release. There's there's gonna be, you know, I I, I, I watched a lot of them 
I wanted to kind of put that together. We'll see. Uh, I, maybe we could do a montage or something. Maybe maybe we'll do that. We'll we'll do that for next week or something. We could do like a, a speed round where we hit them. We hit like ten of them there for like a minute each or something. There you We've go. done that before. We've definitely done that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that together and we'll put that together for next week. But I definitely wanted to settle down from the D23 at work. It has been all D23 for many, many weeks. Oh, I can only imagine. In preparation for it. And even like I personally have been able to steer clear of a lot of the work of it. You know what I mean? But I still, you know, you ask for things and you have to work with other people and then you just have radio silence and you're like, what's going on? And then you realize, oh, they're in D23 hell. They're they're doing stuff for D23. They're, They're just like making sure that everything's... Uh, I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and, and everything's happy for that. Yeah, they're crunching. So a lot of coworkers were even there uh, for Friday and uh, over, over this weekend, so it's a crazy time. But I, yeah, I'll put together something for us to, to talk about and to watch, uh, but didn't want it to go unsaid. Yeah, so we'll do that next week then. I think that'd be cool because I was looking at some of this stuff. They have The Mandalorian Season 3. There's... Little Mermaid. There's all kinds of Little Mermaid. There's all kinds of yeah. Little Mermaid. The Santa Clauses. Yeah, I mean we 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 have tons tons to talk about. It's insane. Also want to sift through some of the some of the real stuff, you know. And and I guess it's hard for me having access to some of the stuff. <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't want to speak, you know, too soon on anything. So that's another reason to delay it another week. <laughs> yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. I got you. So for tonight, though, we have Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah. So I'm super excited about this. Huge fan. Huge fan of Knives Out. And then tonight I re- I found out that you guys have not seen Knives Out. No, we haven't. You missed it. Yeah. I think we wanted to watch it one point or another. And then like it wound up like leaving streaming. Like It did. It did that. It did that crazy thing where it was only on streaming for a couple months and then it was gone without a lot of fanfare. Right. Yeah, so then we're like, ah, we'll catch it another time and then other things come It'll up be and, back. and we never yeah. did. So we'll even whatever, if we got to rent it, I looked it up, it's like 4 bucks. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. You know, we'll rent it, but yeah, so this looks really cool. Uh, you know, a who done it, which whodunits are always fun right the cast is just chalk i mean off like off the hook right i mean daniel craig edward norton whatever doesn't like kate hudson doesn't even matter right 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 Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn's one of my favorites in there. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. Dave Bautista, though, is he really that tatted up or is that just for the movie? Is that the character? Yeah, I have no idea. I never know because they cover up tattoos a lot for, for movies. So they also can, you know, add tattoos, but sometimes. Well, especially when you're a purple guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. When you've got half your time as a purple dude. Yeah. You, you get a, you get that more blue, yeah, blue, purple. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> Mob. But yeah, so I don't know. I think it's neat. It's going to, you know, it's going to take, I love, so here, I love the, the naming convention, the way that they've done this, you know, a knives out mystery is to me is the is the legacy cell within the title that that is it encases it in a, in, a, in in just an interesting way. I feel as though uh, when it says glass onion and a colon and knives out mystery, uh-huh. it sounds like it's going to become some Agatha Christie sort of a whodunit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to become a series mm-hmm. and it's going to be like whatever the name 
colon a knives out mystery. You know, in other words, like there's going to be like a series of these things that are going to come out with various themes or something. Right. And Benny Bunois, <laughs> the uh, Daniel Craig character, is the only character from Knives Out. Did Ryan Johnson direct the other one, too? Yeah, Ryan Johnson directed both. Okay, he did. Gotcha. And I think he's ri- he wrote both of them, too. The, so Knives Out came out, and it was... Everyone said, oh, it's so refreshing. It's an original, an original screenplay, no legacy, nothing, no franchise to, to hang its hat on. Right. And now it's its own franchise. You know what I mean? So, so it's very, very well, well played. No, but I love the way they do the title cards and right. the, they kind of, the, the unfolding of them, the way they do the, the casting cards, the music, I mean, it, the whole trailer is so well done, the tempo of it. And even when they're like the tempo is kind of high and then it slows down and Leslie Odom Jr.'s kind of talking and he says, you know, like, well, where's the murder mystery or whatever it was? <laughs> when does it and start? Yeah. When, when does it start? You know, and just the, the the tempo, the way they speed it up, slowed it down, slow it down. I mean, the 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 overall pacing of this trailer, I think, is one yeah. that people need to pay attention to. But let me just say, once it's done, you can't repeat it because it's already been done. <laughs> so now you got to come up with your own, right? Yeah, I think you you just have to be true to the true to the the trailer subject and the movie subject. And I think this is a a puzzling story, and it's a puzzle of a trailer. And you see the puzzles kind of playing out with the hands and the puzzles play. The you know the graphics plays into the puzzle. The exactly. music, the tempo. Everything is well, well orchestrated. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and I think it's, 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 it is self-referential and it is, it is beautiful in the way that it, it kind of unfolds, so to speak. <laughs> so of the cast, I mean, you're looking at about whatever it is, eight to 10 highly named actors. Daniel Craig being the only one from the first is the first, does, does it have like a similar number of high caliber audience? Oh, yes. But right. A similar number, like 10 or whatever it was, high caliber actors. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you. Yeah. I OK. Mean, yeah. OK. So let's let's run through it a little bit. I got to watch it now. OK. Chris Evans. Have you heard of Chris Evans? Uh, wait a minute. What? Who's? No, I'm just kidding. Of, of course I know who he is. <laughs> Captain America. Captain America. Okay. <laughs> Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas is one of my new favorite uh, actresses. You know, she's in everything right now. Jamie Lee Curtis, you've heard of. <laughs> Michael Shannon. We, we right. know Michael Shannon a lot. Of course. Don Johnson. You know, not just. Wait, Jamie Lee Curtis. Didn't she recently pass away? No, she's still alive. No, who am I thinking of? I don't know. Who are you thinking of? The Queen. The Queen just passed away away <laughs> well i don't care i mean hold on a minute wait it... <laughs> wait what carry the one was it didn't we kick the monarch out 246 years ago okay or something? <laughs> we, we don't care okay tony tony collette lakeith stanfield uh katherine langford uh christopher Plummer. uh so the the, the first the first cast is is I think equally as impressive as this cast, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, you get a good quality franchise like this and you will attract high, high end talent. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think if you could get a, a, an acting cast, you know, the caliber of this kind of a cast all in one room, 
just doing what they do best. I mean, it's just uh, like, uh, how do you not get excited about a movie like this? Yeah, no, you totally do. So I can't wait to look at the other one, too, because, you know, I mean, that's just, it, it's like it has an equally great cast. It's just a different great cast. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch, but we de- we want to watch the, the first one. I mean, I know you guys are enormous fans. I think. According to Anne, I think you guys watched the first Knives Out about, what, 10 screenings or so? I think we've we've definitely seen it 10 times. Um, and we were shocked when it went off of streaming, like you said. Like, it, it was there for a long time, and you just expected it to be there, and then it was gone. So let me ask, though. I mean, it's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit. It's once you learn the story and everything okay the second time i could see watching it because you're like well what did i miss that led to the to the reveal right but why would you watch it after that it's so it's it does it in such a fun way it's just uh it's just so much fun (laughs) okay so the so so like you say the twists and turns fun is fun are so numerous and the red herrings are so well played and it just goes and goes and goes. And it's like, you know, he would have known if he had done that and she would have known then he had known that. And then they would have said that. So then he would definitely would have had that. So then you kind of get it. So like you said, the second viewing is you like the psychology of this character at this point in time in this story is doing the reason they're doing this is because of this. And then, you know, like we need a conversation, you and I on the podcast after you've seen Knives Out. (laughs) But but you'll understand once you see it that there's like they're just I mean, this is called a glass onion. But Knives Out is an onion of a story where it just keeps peeling back the layers and layers. And I think even Benny Bunois says says something about the onion about an onion in the original Knives Out. And it's and it's like it's just delicious layers as they peeled it off. And you're like, ah, okay, that's part of it. And then you're like, oh, but there's more. And then you peel off another layer. And then you you know, and you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So when you're six levels in. And you don't and you don't know which way's up and you're just like you're just in this fun space. And then you're just like, oh, oh, let's do it again. Like, you know where the spots are in the roller coaster where you're going to hit, you know, but you still get on the roller coaster again, you know. Exactly. OK, I like that. I like that. So cool. All right, man. What have you been watching? Yeah. So we did a little bit of watching. Uh, we did a little bit of TV watching in San Francisco when we were taking had some downtime during the mornings and early evening right before dinner. Okay. And we saw the which one was it called? The the tennis the tennis um, untold. Is that breaking point, I believe? Breaking point. That was oh, good, wasn't it? So good. Yeah. So good. And and like uh, we watched it one night. We watched it after that first um, one market dinner. And uh, the kids were falling asleep and Audrey's like, pause it, pause it. I don't want to miss any of this. So it was, it was like it was a family favorite. Crazy how he retires right before Federer. Yeah, he, he retires <laughs> on Federer, like yeah. on the way, on the way like to minutes flushing. before, you know, flushing. Yeah, he just he just like calls it, calls it a career. He's just like, I'm done. And it's just uh, it's an amazing tale. And again, I, I think the. We're, I think I'm trying to to ferret out a theme here, and it really is about the haves and the have-nots. I really think that there's a, you know, you talk about San Francisco and you talk about the socioeconomic stratification of San Francisco, 
And there's a bit of a socioeconomic stratification in, in most of the untold stories. It's about money and, and what money can do for athletes and what money can do against athletes, too. So, I mean, he was what was he was like uh, Andy Roddick's p- partner, like his his play partner, you know what I mean? To to play up to it, up to Andy Roddick, but never really set him up to beat him, you know, until he had his own money, his own wealth that he could dive into and and basically do it for himself that which set him up to do it much later in life which is kind of great which is just a crazy thing of will and desire and all of that you know see and it's funny you say the haves and the have nots like i finished uh week and a half ago or whatever it was uh the girlfriend who wasn't who didn't exist oh right right Mm-hmm. And I've I come to thinking the underlying theme is about identity. Identity, right? So when we look at, I mean, it could be malice in the palace. Okay. Or I mean, even yeah, I mean, the girlfriend wasn't there. Breaking point, yeah. Yeah, breaking point, or the one trash talkers was that one trash? Oh, the trashers. The trashers. <laughs> that was untold, right? Wasn't that untold? Yeah, that was uh, crimes and penalties. Yeah, but I think it's identity, though. It's like, who do I identify as or how do I identify Um, even the Caitlyn Jenner one? I mean, that's like uh, that's so on the nose. There it is. I haven't seen that one. Okay, but even when, you know, like the 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 girlfriend who didn't exist, I mean, that one was outrageous, outrageous. I I I think it was it was outrageous. And when I forget his name or her name, her name. Uh, when the person who was pretend was catfishing. Yeah. Like Ronnie something or other. Yeah. Ro- Ronnie or Ronnie when, or something. When, when she, at the end of it, when she was just like, I went home, you know what I mean? Like uh, who does that? Like no remorse, no remorse from Oh, but th- back to Samoa or whatever it was. And so no remorse from them. No, no remorse for the guy f- throwing the beer. And in, I think that's a light. Oh, and you know what? I, so I was also trying to find this theme of no remorse. You know who's undercover, kind of the bad guy in Breaking Point? Like you expected to be Andy Roddick. You know, he. I, I always remember Andy Roddick as like this mean player who just was like too young and like couldn't do it. But I really felt for felt for him in this in this documentary. But Fish's parents to me. Their flavor of support for their son is just something that just hits me in a way that uh, Marty Fish wasn't ever going to to succeed under their roof. I, I was going to say, like, yeah, his parents, I think, is is the the ones that lack the remorse or maybe the the empathy or something. I think they lack any kind of I, I don't think they have a, even an understanding of the kind of doubt or negativity that they kind of just threw into their son's life to make him question and maybe maybe contribute to the spiraling negativity that that causes these kind of panic attacks you know it's just a contributing factor everything's a factor they didn't they didn't cause it it's not like with or without that you may or may not have it but maybe that he has it to a degree because of the way the parents did whatever it is what they did and they don't know any better and you know if 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 marty was just a normal kid going through life it might not have manifested itself you know what I mean? But because right, right. he was he because he pushed himself to the very t- pinnacle of a sport, you kind of reach back into your psych your psyche. And it's like a do or die kind of a position he he was placed in. Right, right. And then you reach into your childhood and you're like you're like, 
ah, do I, do I have this? Like you have to reach, you reach inside yourself. And when you reach inside yourself, you're reaching inside yourself to the younger version of yourself. And then it's what your parents say. You know what I mean? Like it plays such a big part in, in that. So, so every time we hear them talk, we're like, ugh, the way that you phrase that is so undercover to negative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We saw the world-class players and there's Marty. Like Marty shouldn't be there. Like, I'm like, oh, it's just undermining without even like without even trying you know i think every time we talk about an untold we always come to the conclusion that there's some theme and it's like every time we talk about you know a quote-unquote theme we always come up with a new theme and i think there's (laughs) so many different themes to it is what makes it so like the tapestry yeah of the when you unravel it there's like just so it's so deep you know and and the way they weave the stories i haven't seen the australian sailing one oh yeah i want to see that oh did you see the oh Okay, and then I saw this on my own. Uh, I think I saw it last Friday. I watched the uh, flagrant foul. Fa- flagrant foul. No, I want to see that one too. Ugh. I think I have two left, and I'm done. So flagrant foul is is amazing too, and you just think. This guy's a jerk. Like he bet he was a ref and he bet on the sports and he's in the with the mob and blah, 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 blah. But then you're like, oh, look at this, you know, and they and it's a masterfully it's a masterfully constructed documentary because they basically they plant all these foreshadowing things. They show how the the referees work and you're kind of like, oh, that's not really 100 percent kosher. But I understand how they kind of, you know, it's, it's it's a subjective thing like you're not going to call traveling on Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Michael yeah. Jordan, the, the superstars are allowed to be superstars, and they get they get away. They could take that extra half step on the way to the hole. They take an extra, and, and and every time I mention it, Anne always says, extra step. He takes like two extra steps, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they talk about- She's probably right. They talk about Allen Iverson, how he always- he always carries the ball. He has his his dribble reaches under the ball and 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 turns it over to dribble. Yeah, I know what you mean. So the minute that he's the minute that he was like he he took somebody he like he had a flagrant foul on some ref or something. The whole next weeks, all the refs are just calling, traveling, carrying on him like nonstop. And it's like they could turn it on or off, regardless, as long as they have the say of Kabish, you know what I mean? And he really ran the whole thing. So, so it's like the FBI, the mob, the commissioner of base, uh, the commissioner, commissioner of, of basketball and these, the, this ref, it's all like this great tapestry of, of storytelling. So yeah, uh, uh, a must watch. Oh, so I watched it thinking like, Oh, this is just going to be the sto- simple story. There'll be a little bit of mob in there. They're never simple. They're never simple. And it's just, it, no. it unfolds in a way that is like, uh, unexpected and, and, and delightful, <laughs> delightful. And, and usually not delightful, but delightful as an audience member with your popcorn out. You're like, Oh, this is amazing. Like great, great, great storytelling. Great storytelling. Yeah, I love it. I love them. How about you? What you been watching? Oh, well, you turned me on to this one, though. It was the D.B. Cooper documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It was like that four-part series. Yeah. And, you know, they talked about all the different theories they have and who the guy might be, and they chased the Raddick dude down. (laughs) uh, it It was, I mean, you know, it was very good. I don't like documentaries that, 
end as they began like they just leave you flat no no resolution no resolution there's there's no resolution there's no denouement you know and you get there you go through like the whole thing and they're building and building and building and i know that there's never been a resolution because you that would have been huge in the news right so I knew going into it, to it, there's no resolution, but like there's that glimmer of hope that it's like it's down to two people or right. it's this guy, he's going to be going to court and it just hasn't broken yet or whatever it is. Well, there's a generational thing that they talk about that we're losing the generation that exactly that knew that knew of it and had had a chance to do it. And as the suspects die, so too dies the 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 lore around it. Well, one guy said, you know, and I think he said it best. He said, yeah, he's 95 and smoked like a chimney. He's not living. <laughs> you know, he's dead. And it's like, yeah, you know, but I think it's one of those things where, uh, again, generationally, like when people want to talk about Elvis and Elvis is mm-hmm. in hiding. And it's like Elvis would be, I, I don't know, like 100 years old. So you would never recognize him if you saw him it's yeah whatever it doesn't matter but it was good it's no untold for sure no it does not reach the caliber of untold and and it really plays like a podcast right it does you you could just listen to it and it would be fine <laughs> and yeah a lot of it too is it's just people talking about well i followed this lead and then it was this guy and then you know he wants to sue me and you know it was, yeah it was it was it wasn't great, but the story of it, though, from when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, we've known about it all this time. And I think, again, like you said, generationally, Clarissa's totally not into it. <laughs> I'm sort of into it. I was telling Frank and Barbara, all I said was D.B. Cooper. And Barbara's like, oh, that's the guy that jumped out of the plane. And like, <laughs> she, she was, was like, it. on she it, man. It. <laughs> she totally knew. So. You know, it just depends on where you are in your in your journey through life to whether or not it's something interesting to you. Um, and then uh, f- finally, um, so I follow kind of the Mr. Money Mustache. OK. Uh, uh, I don't know. Mantra of life. Right. Try to spend as little as possible, which is hard to do. <laughs> and then save as much as possible, which, you know, OK, sure. We try and save as much as possible. But, you know, I follow his blog and he talked about uh, and I watched it on the day it came out. He talked about a documentary he was in. OK. All right. On Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, Get Smart With Money. And it was it was four people they followed. So they had four different like personal financial gurus. OK. And each one of them put out a casting call to like their audience and then they got to choose the 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 people that they wanted to work with. So there was uh what I liked about it though is there was four different people at four different places, one of which was an NFL football player and I loved it because you never hear of personal finance through the lens of a professional baller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they get this guy. He comes out of Florida. This guy tees something. I don't even know. I mean, the guy's like he's like a third stringer for Atlanta now. Okay. He, he got picked up by uh, 
man, you know, I, I don't even know. But he was on the Bears okay. for a year. That's all. <laughs> that's all I remember. <laughs> what's what's the doc called? Money, money. What? Uh, get smart with money. But what I like though is the the message in there was, you know, you see a lot of kids from the inner city, um, primarily primarily black kids from the inner city that I think they were trying to target with his story. And the only way out of the ghetto, let's say, is basketball, football, right. baseball, whatever, pro pro sports. Well, the guy gets like a million and a half, two million dollar contract. First thing he does, buys a house, buys his mama house, right. buys you know, blinging cars, blinging jewelry, blinging shoes, buys all this stuff from two million bucks. He's down. To, oh, and then he talks about like they took 40 percent in taxes, you know, and right off the rip, he's down to 200 grand Ugh. and he hasn't even played a game yet. And he's like, holy cow, like what? Ha and then anyway, so it starts moving along and like he's literally Ugh. broke and he's like one year into the NFL, you know, and his contract like he doesn't get any more money because they paid him right. all up front. You know, so he gets hooked up with this financial guru guy and he gets him started with like saving, investing and how to be frugal with his money and all this stuff. And, and the guy slowly builds himself back. Mm. Um, so I thought that was cool. Uh, there was one like the starving artist type doesn't make any money working like service sector bartending jobs. There was another woman, you know, like just can't stay out uh, out of like Amazon and Target, you uh. know, and. And then the third one was uh, more higher income people, middle class people, 200 grand a year, 250 a year, whatever. But like there's like if they make 250, they're spending 250 and yeah. one dollars, you know, <laughs> and they're behind the eight ball because, yeah, they make good money, but they spend better money, you know. <laughs> but no, it was really good. I mean, I it, like I, I mean, it's a financial right. documentary. It's it, like it's kind of boring, really. But but it's important. I think it's important. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. And what I loved about it, though, is they have four different people at four different places. And I think most people can identify with at least one of the four they had on there. Oh, that's good. That's there you go. And I think most people can identify with at least two, because even if you're making good money now, you weren't a long time ago, but yet you right. kept spending your money, you know, and and you can identify <laughs> with your past self or your current, you know, whatever it is. But so that was really good. I would recommend it. And then we're just continuing okay. with yeah. the House of Dragons. So no House of Dragons. Uh, you're you're are thing. you watching? No, no, it? I'm saying it's your thing. But I actually have started uh, the new Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings, the power of the ring. Oh, I, yeah. I wanted to watch it, too. Is it? How is it? So it is good. So apparent. So I do not. I did. I watched the original, you know, series of movies, but I wasn't a huge like, yeah, of course. Tolkien fan. I, I love Tolkien, the movie, the movie about the author. You know, there's a I don't know if you ever saw that Tolkien. You would you would love it. Oh no, I'd love to see it though. It's a doc, I'm assuming. No, it's a it's a it's a historical fiction about about the him in World War One. Oh, okay. Does it get into like him at where, where did he where, where was he a prof? Was it like uh No, it's it's really his earlier life. It's is it's Okay, so it doesn't get into his writing and such. Yeah, it's really like his his the formation of the thoughts of what drives um, the storytelling of 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 the Lord of the Rings, and you know, huh. Star Wars is a World War II movie series, you know, <laughs> that kind of mimics the the Reich and all of the all of the horrors of of war in that time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
even their uniforms. Right. Rogue One is kind of like the version of a Vietnam kind of movie, Vietnam War, no way to no no way to win, you know, everybody yeah, dies. I can see you that. Know, kind yeah. of all all lose all sides are losers. And and Lord of the Rings is really the World War One equivalent of that. You know, it has it has the good versus evil and it's huh. and it feels like this is a World War One good triumph over evil kind of story. So the original movies Interesting. Do you know what it's called? What what what's called the movie uh, uh, the Tolkien movie Tolkien Tolkien <laughs> it's so it's so easy yes oh Tolkien. it's just called Tolkien it's great so it was so funny because what was it it was it was the beginning of COVID I believe and I had a cold I had a cold the weekend of co- the weekend of that and <laughs> I had a cold I, I think it was to- I think it was COVID <laughs> no it wasn't COVID no I'm kidding I'm but kidding. but uh, but we went Ann and I wanted to see Tolkien and we went to the theater to see Tolkien and nobody was unlocked this is pre lockdown but I think it was rumoring it was it was it was mulling around for a couple of weeks so we went to go see Tolkien oh this came out 2019 yeah. So so we went to go see Tolkien, and the last thing you want to do is you you don't want to be coughing in a movie theater, especially when this virus is just ramping up, right? Like it's totally ramping up, and you're just you're in the movie theater, and I was just like, so I got a bunch of cough drops, and I was just like pounding cough drops through this whole movie, and one time during the movie I had to step out and get some uh, extra cough drops, and then I was just like, I'm not I'm not gonna miss more of this movie, <laughs> you know, so I I pounded some cough drops, got back in the, the got back in the theater with Anne, and we finished the movie, but it was great. It's a great movie. I'll have to check it out. Didn't know it existed. Now you know, and it's great. And then so so the first series of movies is the now I don't even know but it's like an era right it's the, like the fourth era the third era of 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 this world and i guess because of rights and the way that it's the way that it's the storytelling so this is actually taking place as a prequel before that oh because of various licensing yeah licensing and kind of like history doesn't repeat itself it rhymes this is that thing where you're like oh this is kind of like the gandalf character but we'll never be we'll never hear him be called Gandalf because you can't call him Gandalf. But we know Gandalf the Grey had a life before he was Gandalf the Grey. You know what I mean? Like he had he had a very long life. Sure. Yeah. So we are introduced to some characters, and you're like, "Ooh, this is." And now they're they introduced that they wanted to make a forge that could you know that could smelt the the finest metals of, of Middle Earth. You know, so obviously this is the forge that will eventually the ring make and all the this ring. Stuff. You know, and the rings of power or whatever. So I, I think there's a lot of legacy stuff that is very juicy, even to the very, very uh, layman kind of like me who doesn't really follow it as closely as people who've read the books or people who have studied the books or people who have done master's <laughs> degrees on the books of Tolkien, you know. So it's it's very interesting. And we'll just... We'll just see where it goes. It's it's an eight part series and it's really not a series. It's really a series of, of movies and it feels cinematic. It feels epic. It has it ha- it, it has the bona fides to to uh, support the money that was spent on producing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I sent you that podcast about this did you listen to it at all i tried to listen to it he i don't know he hit me <laughs> I, the whole idea of tech won't save us 
Uh, I don't know. I the he uh, oh he's Canadian, right? Like he's Canadian, yeah. The Canadian thing, and then like his his ideologies, kind of like I, I have to listen to people that dis that I disagree with, but I I I couldn't I couldn't stomach it when I was when I was listening to it. I t I turned it off like ten minutes in. But I think to me, somebody in the industry, I think it's very common. You go somewhere, you spend some money, you you take the credits, you do the thing, and then you move production. Like moving production to me is not a not a aha I got you kind of thing. Like it's very common uh, practice. So to me, it, it it didn't really have anything to do with technology. It was just like, yeah, you're gonna go somewhere, spend the money, spend your money, do your thing, get your tax credits, and then you need to produce something somewhere else. You go somewhere else, and you'll do it again. You know, it's not. You know, Hollywood has been displaced by Atlanta. You know what I mean? So you go to Atlanta. Well, say Georgia is huge. Well, Georgia, Toronto and Vancouver are like the, the three other new Hollywoods in a sense. Exactly. So, I mean, there's tons of places to go and, you know, they, they all have tax credits. They all have tax breaks and you go there to do it. And and when they have pickups to shoot, if you know, if there's a soundstage in Manhattan Beach, they're going to shoot them over there. They're not going to, you know, if production's not going on in Georgia, they're not going to fly everybody to Georgia to do it, you know, necessarily. So, you know, so there's a lot, there's so much production in Georgia that you could just stay in Georgia year round now, but, but you don't have to, you know what I mean? You can, you can do it anywhere now. So, so I don't know. I'll, I'll try to pick it up again, but we'll see. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, great week. Glad your toe is doing better on the mend. Do you have one of those before we cut out? Do you have one of those, like, you know, those running shoes where you cut the toe hole out? So your toe, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to. I don't know that I have that. Or like an inflatable boot with like a toe hole. I don't have any boot. I don't have anything like that. We're going to just, I I think I told Dan I'm going to buy another pair of flip-flops that maybe has a little bit of a wider hole to it. And we'll see. But otherwise you're just what, walking around barefoot? I'm going to walk. Well, I mean, I have, I have my flip-flops. So I said, I just need another pair of flip-flops because I only have my, you know, my one rock steady LL Bean flip-flops. So I'm going to get another pair of flip-flops, maybe some reefs or something. You know, Bryce has some nice reefs. Well, heal up, you know, get that nail growing back. It'll be. Yeah. Months. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, though, I mean, the the initial trauma will heal over and you'll be fine. And then at some point you'll have a new nail. Yeah. It was so funny because you asked if I'm how is the nail? And I said better. And Anne was like, it's not better. You've been like laid up all day with your foot up and sleeping and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. It, I mean, it hurt because she just ripped it out today. <laughs> like, of course, Ugh. of course, it's got worse and now it's getting better. So that's why I was like, I'll rephrase that. I'm on the mend. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So but yeah, you'll be good. Uh, but I will say I've, I have one more thing that I forgot to mention and we'll kind of use it to cap the podcast. Ah, um, I don't think we did this last year, but Audrey is now fundraising. So I'm going to have to put, I'm going to put the thing on the website. And uh, if I ever get the website <laughs> up to date, we'll see. Um, but Audrey's fundraising for her water polo. So she has a nice video and uh, a little uh, video that she tosses out with a link. So we'll put oh, that cool. on, the, on, the, on the podcast uh, podcast web, web page and we'll, we'll see what she can raise this year. I'll have to check it out. We'll have to support. Um, but no pressure. What's no pressure. the goal? The goal, I think, was either 900 or 1,000. Um, and I put in the first 
hundred there. So we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But okay. But yeah, you know, no pressure, no 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 promises. Cool. We'll get it up on the website, and uh, we'll contribute, and hopefully others cool. do. So all right. Yeah. And then uh, you know we'll see her as the water polo queen in uh, like the Olympics one year or something. Oh yeah. Well, I just I just wanted to get. You know, get the school that she wants. <laughs> you know, her her D one dreams are my D one dreams now. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Should be at Stanford water polo or something. <laughs> Berkeley, Stanford. Yeah, we're calling. We're calling. We did we did a Berkeley walk. We did a Berkeley walking tour on Monday. Oh, nice. So, nice. so two cool. and a half hours in the ninety degree heat. Oh god. <laughs> when Berkeley's supposed to be like 75, 80 degrees. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have a good night, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, Jimmy. Later. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.